Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1869. All week we've been celebrating the 70th annual Pebble Beach Concord Elegance that takes place Sunday, August 15th at the Lodge in Pebble Beach, California. To learn more and get your tickets, go to pebblebeach.net. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in beautiful Carmel, California, with a very special guest by the name of Martin Button. Hey, Martin, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have it in gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? I'm ready to roll, Mark. Thank you very much for having me. You're welcome. Now, before I give you a proper introduction and we dive into this very unique business that you have and the Pebble Beach Concours, what's one little thing that most people don't know about you, Martin? Well, I think something that most people don't know about me is that my first degree uh, in college in the UK was in agricultural engineering. Whoa. I've always been very mechanical. I, I bought my first motorcycle when I was 14 and spent two years restoring it before I was old enough to, to ride it legally in the UK at 16 years old. I had a Heinkel Trojan bubble car before I was 17 because wow. you're allowed to drive a three-wheeler on a motorcycle license. And I've just been into cars uh, and motorcycles, but more cars my whole life. So being an agricultural engineer was, was very useful to me in the car hobby because I really like the early cars. And the early cars are very mechanical, agricultural in many ways. I can look at engines on, on early cars, and it's like I'm a surgeon looking at a heart beating. I, <laughs> I get it. And, yeah. um, and Sandra is particularly jealous of me when I, when I see things like that, and, and she needs to have it explained to her, like how a differential works, for example. Well, you know, it's good that we each in our uh, marriages have our own specialties. My, my wife of 36 years is an engineer, and she's way smarter than me. Um, I'm more on the creative side, I guess you could say, but she's the mathematician and the engineer. So uh, we kind of balance each other out. I think that might be working for you and Sandra as well. Well, I think it does. And, you know, um, an agricultural engineer is kind of a jack of all trades and a master of none. Mm. You have to learn lots of different uh, engineering specialties from, you know, mechanical engineering. So engines, transmissions, that kind of thing through soil engineering, hydraulic engineering, electrical engineering. So you, you're not really an expert on anything, but you know a little bit about everything. And that has been very helpful to me throughout my career, throughout my hobby, and, and it's very helpful to me on the selection committee at Pebble Beach, too. Oh, that's got to be. My father's, uh, my father's dad, my grandfather, is a farmer his whole life in Texas, and I remember my dad always saying how his dad could fix and do anything, and you kind of have to be that jack-of-all-trades uh, on, on an actual working farm, and he raised cattle and wheat and all sorts of things. Let me give you a proper introduction. We're going to dive into your world. Martin Button is the CEO of Cosdell International Transportation. It's a company that transports historic, rare, and collectible automobiles around the world. Cosdell brings peace of mind to their clients through comprehensive service and care in all aspects of transportation, from initial collection to a final safe delivery. With over half a century of handling the world's most valuable automobiles, Cosdell takes the stress so you don't have to. I like that. 
<laughs> Martin is also on the Pebble Beach Concord Elegance Selection Committee. He's the announcer at the award ceremony and has had cars selected to be on the lawn at Pebble. And as we said, he's married to that lady, Sandra Button, the chairman of the Concord. She is the only four-time guest here on Cars Yeah. So you've got some catching up to do, Martin. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we'll be back in just a minute. First, a word from our valued sponsors. So sit tight, keep the seatbelts on. We're nearing the lawn of the Pebble Beach Concours. Be right back. Summer is here, and that means long, hot days. Oh, boy. Covercraft's UVS custom sunscreens are quality-made and are incredibly fast and easy to use. Your UVS sunscreen is custom-tailored for your vehicle, and their accordion design ensures easy storage. Not only do they protect your dash and interior for maximum protection, while parking in the sun, sunscreens keep your vehicle's interior significantly cooler. They are durable. They're dependable for years of use. I have one for all my vehicles. Every time I park my car, my Covercraft sunscreen goes up in the window. You can choose from a variety of colors, including the original, Premier Series, and Carhartt designs. Your sunscreen is manufactured with the quality and attention to detail that's been the standard for Covercraft since 1965. And they make a really great gift as well. Get your summer deal today. Use the code YEAH21, Y-E-A-H-21, at Covercraft.com, and you'll get 10% off your Covercraft order. That's right, 10% off. Use the code yeah 21 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. When it was time to renew my collector car policy, my carrier raised my rates by a lot. But why? My usage was the same, my car's value was the same, and I had never made a claim. I didn't even have a ticket. The only change was their rate, and they had no reason why. What's with that? I researched my options, I spoke to others, and with American Collectors Insurance is where I now have my policy. What a difference. A live person actually answers the phone. She spent time learning about me and my Porsche Turbo, the one I call my Orange Crush, and provided a reasonable quote. American Collectors Insurance now protects my special ride. I'm saving hundreds of dollars and I can sleep at night knowing my baby is properly insured. Why wait until your next premium is due? Give them a call today for your personal agreed value quote. Call 866-AC1-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of mine. Mark Green at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. All right, Martin, so we're back. So we're going to dive a little deeper into the corner and share more about, first I want to learn more about Cosdell, and we're going to touch on it throughout the talks because what you do for a living is so much a part of a Concours events, specifically Pebble Beach, where these cars are coming in from all over the world. I often think, how on earth do these cars all show up on the lawn on time and in perfect condition? It's it's mind-boggling to me. I like to say it's a nice way to get the inspirational tires spinning here on Cars Yeah. So, Martin, grab the wheel. Um, well, I'm very fortunate to to um, be associated with Pebble Beach, obviously. We are by far the most international Concours uh, I would say, in the world, and that would include the European ones. In, in 2019, rather, uh, when we had the Bentley year, uh, we had 56 cars come in from overseas out of a total field of, I think it was about 212 or something. So, you know, pretty pretty much 25% plus uh, cars from overseas yep. uh, is 
astounding compared to most other Concord events, wherever they are. They, they don't bring in that kind of foreign entry. I spend a tremendous amount of time and effort uh, holding hands with foreign entrants, leading them through the way to get their car to Pebble Beach. We don't ship them all, uh, unfortunately, but we do ship the vast majority of them. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I had 50 of the 56 last year. Wow. So it's a pretty big thing for these people. You bring in your car from overseas. Uh, frequently, these are 10, 15, $20 million cars, and the owners are spending a large amount of money to get them here and back. Some mm-hmm. of them fly them, which in, in 2019 was anything from about eight to $15,000 each way. Wow. Today, the same flights are costing $30,000, $35,000 each way. Oh my so gosh. It's a huge commitment. It's a huge commitment. We got cars coming in by ocean freight, of course. I pushed everybody this year to ship early because, as you've probably seen in the news, there's been tremendous delays, particularly on the West Coast in Long Beach and Oakland, for unloading vessels. At one point, there was 25 vessels sitting in the San Francisco Bay waiting to get a berth, and everything was running so late. We've got ships coming in that are, that are now five and six weeks late on their schedule. It's going to be touch and go for a couple of these containers as to whether we actually do get the cars before the show. I feel terrible about it, but there's absolutely nothing we can do. The steamship lines have trouble getting the berths. COVID, of course, has hit the longshoremen very heavily in as much as they work in a gang together. And when one guy tests positive, guess what? They, they all have to be tested and quarantined and all kinds of stuff. So there's a big shortage of labor on the waterfront. And then, of course, we had that mishap in the Suez Canal which oh, didn't that, help anybody. Yeah. The guy that tried to parallel, non-parallel park yeah, his tried, boat, yeah. Tried to parallel park the Evergreen vessel, which, which is one of the largest vessels in the world. There are bigger ones, but it's one of the biggest. Mm-hmm. And that seven days caused a ripple effect like you cannot even believe. There was a hundred ships in the canal on either side of that vessel. Wow. That couldn't go backwards and couldn't go forward. So you imagine the 200 ships worldwide were stalled for a week until they got that thing moved. Just stacking now, up. Every, yeah, ships stacking up, up behind yeah. them. Yeah. We're still feeling the, the, the trickle-down effect because all of a sudden, a whole bunch of ships arrived at a port, whereas they would have been spread out one a day for seven days. Right. And now seven of them arrive at the same time, pretty much. Ugh. And it's been a nightmare. So it's for, for shipping, it's been the worst year possible. But we're getting through it. We have this year, I think about 40 something foreign entrants. Mm-hmm. We've got some cars coming from Lamborghini from their factory museum, the Countaches. We've, we've got uh, uh, the Le Mans winning Porsche 917 coming from the Porsche Museum in Stuttgart. Yeah, Quite a lot of cars coming from uh, museums in the United States as well, which is interesting. You know, some of these early cars, I'm, partic- I'm involved with the electric car class. I curated that. Several of these cars are coming from museums. Cause that's where they've been sitting for a long time. You know, people donate them to museums because they don't really have any other use for them. So that's exciting, too. Yeah. But we've got a lot going on. We've got a lot of cars coming in. And um, fingers crossed we'll get them all here on time. Well, definitely. I can't imagine the logistics here and the kind of care that your company is long. You've been around for how many years? How long has Cosdell been in business? Cosdell began in 1960. Two old guys from Chicago, Cosmo Antista and Delmar Potter. Cosmo was was from Italy and Delmar was from the UK. And they started this little forwarding company, predominantly handling California produce, um, fruits, nuts, almonds, plums, walnuts, all that kind of stuff. And 
I got involved with the company when it basically had two people, a Cosmo and an assistant in 1982. And it was a part-time job for me while I was at college getting my MBA in San Francisco. And I ended up taking over the company and uh, got into the car business totally by accident, actually. One of my favorite places to go at lunchtime was to visit Bruce Trenary at Fantasy Junction. Oh, yes. Over in Berkeley. He's in Emeryville now. He was in Berkeley back in those days. I was over there one lunchtime just looking at the cars and chatting with Bruce, and he said to me, hey, you're in the shipping business, aren't you? And I said, well, yeah, kind of. He said, well, some Swiss guy was just in here, and he bought these two Ferraris, and he wants me to ship them to him in Bern, Switzerland. Can you do that? I said, well, I guess. I've never shipped a car in my life before. <laughs> I'll figure so, it out. Here I am with, with a short wheelbase. Uh, I can't remember what the other one was. One was a short wheelbase. And uh, we shipped them off to Switzerland. And uh, that was the beginning of Cosdell being uh, wow. the world leader, I like to say, in the car shipping business. Incredible. What a wonderful story. Now, you're a car guy in and of yourself. I know you and Sandra are very active in the car hobby and the trade and doing rallies and tours and so forth. And you, you've you had a couple cars on the lawn at Pebbles. Is that right? Uh, yeah, actually more than a couple. But uh, I've, I've gained three no, sorry, I've gained two third places, which I'm very proud of. Of course, yeah. We had a 1904 Lenawee, uh on the lawn. I can't remember what year it was now, but it was more than 20 years ago. And I got third in class with that. Subsequently, Sandra and I have driven that car from London to Brighton. Oh, my gosh. 10 or 11 times. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It was a great car. We kept it in England because, uh, you know, shipping's very expensive. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, and so I hear. <laughs> I I kept it in England, and uh, we would we would fly in and do London to Brighton. Uh, we finished uh, every time except twice. Mm-hmm. I think we did it 12 times, and we finished 10 times. Wow. So that was a great old car. I got third in class with that. And the other car... What was the other car? Oh, the other car that I won a prize with was um, a Delaunay Belleville. I had a 1926 Delaunay Belleville Roadster. My goodness. And it wasn't a perfectly restored car, but I entered it and Lauren Tryon uh, accepted it at that time. He and Jay were running the show. And... Uh, I got third in class, and I, and I couldn't believe it, because sitting right next to me was an absolutely stunning locomobile that the, the owners were all dressed in period costume, Edwardian costumes. Mm-hmm. They had a massive, great picnic set all set out with the basket and the china and everything else. I mean, it was an amazing show. Yeah. So I got third. They didn't get anything. Oh, and goodness. <laughs> afterwards, I said, to, I said to Lauren, how come I beat that car? It was, like, perfect, and the people presented it so perfectly. He said... When was the last time you saw a Delaunay Belleville at Pebble Beach? <laughs> well, since then, I've learned that I was the very first Delaunay Belleville at Pebble ah, Beach. Okay, okay. So it's, it's not just a case of picking the prettiest or the, the best restored cars. It's, it's a case of picking what is the most interesting cars. Because I think one of the things that the selection committee really understands, and again, it's through Sandra's counseling, is that we are a show. Whether we like it or not, we're a show. And mm-hmm. People need to be entertained at a show. You need to have things that they're going to go home and stand around the the photocopy machine or the coffee machine the next day and go, wow, you should have seen this so-and-so that I saw at Pebble Beach yesterday. So it's... It's not just about perfection. It's about making it really interesting, too. And I really do like bringing in the cars that are very unique. doesn't matter their condition, even. I just like people to see different things. Yeah, and that's what you do every year. I've been there 30 times, and I just my wife always says, well, don't you just see the same stuff over and over? And I go, no. I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's always different. I want to talk a little bit about this electric car class, because this is pretty cool. When you think about the onset of EV here in the world and how they're coming on so strong and then you go all the way back to the first car that Ferdinand Porsche did 
which was electric. Right. A lot of people go, what? Right. So tell us a yep. little bit about some of the some of the electric cars we're going to see. Um, okay, the electric cars, it was my idea, actually. And I must admit, when I first presented it to Sandra and said, hey, you know what? We should do an electric car class. Everyone's going electrification. Mercedes has just announced that they're not going to make any internal combustion engine cars after 2030 or something like that. I mean, it's all changing so quickly. I said, we should really show that electric cars were around a lot over 100 years ago. And there were actually more of them than there were internal combustion engines uh, uh, for a time. So I got the big yawn, but finally I (laughs) managed to have a little pillow talk. And um, she agreed that we could do it. And, and, and we got some fantastic entries. Unfortunately, we, we lost two from, from Argentina. There's a collector in Argentina, Luis Gold, who has a fantastic collection of cars. And he wanted to bring two very special electric cars. But because of the restrictions with COVID, he unfortunately had to cancel. So we'll have those next year, I mm-hmm. hope. But the ones that we have, the Rikers, very, very interesting, very early, 1896 to have the car that's owned by Richard and Judy Riker. Um, yeah, still in the family. Their, that's amazing. Well, it, it left the family, actually. It oh, was did? sold by the family, oh. and they tracked it down and found it and bought it back again. Oh, so okay. it's back in the family for the second time. But that's very exciting. We have another Riker, a Phaeton, coming. We have a couple of Columbias, a Bailey, a Bailey Electric Victoria Phaeton. I mean, they had some wonderful names for them in 1908. Um, one of the cars that I'm excited about is a 1912... Russian Lang TC4 Brom, and this is uh, this car was the personal car of um, Thomas Edison in New York back in the day. Wow, isn't that so cool? He, it is very cool. So uh, I'm very much looking forward to that. But they're beautiful things. We set up a special charging station for them uh, at Pebble so that they can all stay well charged. <laughs> and I, and I think that uh, people are going to be really impressed with the way they drive. Several of them are going to do the tour on on Thursday, by the way. No kidding. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Several of them tell me they can do that kind of mileage without a problem. The Riker can only do about five miles. It's very primitive. But some of the bigger ones have got massive battery power, and, and they're well capable of driving to Big Sur and back. That is so cool. That is going to be amazing to see. Now, you're also the announcer at the awards ceremony. Is that right? I announced the first half of the awards ceremony. So this year, I'm going to announce to the Ferrari classes. It's about half the classes. And uh, I'm looking forward to announcing the um, uh, the best former best of show cars as they yeah. come across oh, the ramp. Oh, gosh, that's going to be incredible. It's going to be a great parade. I announced the first half of the show, and then I spend most of the second half of the show when I'm not announcing, uh, counting the best of show ballots as they come in. Oh, wow. So um, Sandra's got you working. Yeah, uh, she has me working hard, and <laughs> she's looking over my shoulder the whole time going, Who's ahead? Who's ahead? Who's ahead? <laughs> That's funny. Well, I want to I want to talk a little bit. How did you and and Sandra meet? Uh, because there's this uh, melding of car fanatics, and then now you work so closely together. You travel the world. You go on tours and rallies. I mean, what a perfect companion you've got here in the car world. Yeah. And you ship cars all over the world. It's wonderful. We both really looked out to to meet each other and and be able to get married. I have to say, I, I can't think, I mean, Sandra and I are together 24-7, and we even actually share an office together. We're, we're in, in the same room. So we, we are together the whole time, and all we ever do is talk about and think about cars. It's 
a car enthusiast, perfect life, to be honest with you. Uh, <laughs> how did we meet? Well, my first wife was a ballet dancer and wasn't the slightest bit interested in old cars. And her first husband uh, was a chef. And he likewise didn't have any interest in old cars. Mm-hmm. I'd see her at events and I'd go, oh, that, that's Sandra from Pebble Beach. And sometimes she'd say hi and sometimes she wouldn't. <laughs> um, you know, we didn't really know each other very much. But eventually we did actually realize, I think, that we were going to the same events alone. I was going solo and she was going solo. Oh, so there you go. Yeah. We did end up getting a twinkle in the eye. And uh, I can say that it was at the car show before the uh, California Melee up at the Fairmont Hotel oh, uh, yes. in, on Knob Hill yep. in San Francisco. And uh, we both showed up, not knowing that the other one was going, of course. We both showed up there for the car show and uh, Martin Swigert invited us both. And that was, I think, when the twinkle in the eye happened. Well, you know, the cars always bring people together. That's the great thing. And I hear this over and over and I talk to people about this. Pebble Beach is all about bringing people together. The cars are just the catalyst, but people come, you see people you haven't seen for a year, but they are your immediate friend again. You talk cars. I mean, it's just a wonderful, wonderful whole week of experiences. Now, I have to ask you this because Sandra calls herself a car guy, quote unquote. Right. What's what's it like being married to the most famous female car guy? Well, it's interesting because, you know, she's the one who gets all the invitations to all the events, not me. Uh, (laughs) I only get invited to a few of them, but she gets them all. She's a celebrity, and there's no question that being a female in the car world is very useful in terms of the fact that we do get to go to a lot of events. She often says, oh, they just needed to have another, they needed a female judge. But I don't think that's true at all. She's a very knowledgeable judge. She judges all over the world. We, we've been to India multiple times to judge at various uh, concourse in India. Wow. And um, she's just really great at doing that. She loves judging. I personally don't enjoy judging that much, but she does. And uh, it, it's been a it's been an open invitation to a world of fantastic events. We've really had some fantastic times all over the world. No doubt. And she's celebrating 36 years at Pebble this year, over half the time that that event even exists. I mean, that's just yep. like home for you guys, right? Well, we were very excited for last year's Concorde before COVID struck uh, to be the 70th Concorde and it would be 35 for her, exactly half. You know, unfortunately that never happened, but here we are having our 35th, but it's the following year, so it's the 36th year. There was still work to be done last year. You guys raised a whole bunch of money for charity. She worked very, very hard doing that. And I have to give a nod to our entrants and judges and donors because as far as I'm aware, I don't think a single person who had gave a, a, a donation with their entry form for the 2020 show, I don't think a single person asked for a refund of their donation. Yeah, So nice. it was amazing, the generosity. And then when we started this, uh, we started this drive to raise money. We tried to have an event at Pebble Beach for some major donors. Unfortunately, COVID shut it down. The state of California wouldn't allow us to do it. So she had some special baseball caps made, which said on the back, we tried. We tried. <laughs> we tried. Yeah. So they've become quite collectible, I think. But Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, she worked so hard to raise that $1.2 And it was a very special day at Pebble on the 18th when we handed over the money to the charities. And uh, it meant so much to them. I, I, I know that she had mentioned on her talk with you, rather, that... Um, Uh, She'd mentioned that the Boys and Girls Club in particular were just so grateful because they were still feeding so many kids. It was unbelievable what they did. 
So yeah, it was it was a good feeling, and many 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 of the people. In fact, I would say most of the people that uh, that donated for the 2020 show that never happened have donated again nice. to the charities for the 2021 show, and I, I'm pretty sure that we're going to eclipse what we do did in, in 2019. So we're feeling very good about that. People are so generous, so generous. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's incredible. I want to talk about a really special vehicle in your life. You've been involved with so many special vehicles. You've had so many special vehicles. You mentioned a few. If you had to pick one really special, special? <laughs> if you had to, yeah. <laughs> <blah>. <laughs> jeez, I've talked too much today. If you had to pick one very special vehicle to draw out, what would that be? And maybe share a memory you have about that ride. A vehicle that I've owned? It could be a vehicle you've owned, sure. Yeah, okay. Well, I, I've owned quite a lot of cars. I, I used to deal cars a lot more than I do now. I don't have time, but I would say that today, the car that we still own, that I've owned uh, second longest of all of our cars, is our 1937 SS100 Jaguar. I love that car. I still think it's one of the sexiest looking cars. We made some minor alterations to the seating so we could sit further back because we're both six foot one. But I have a long body and short legs, and she has very long legs and a shorter body. <laughs> so we, we made some adjustments to the seats so that we were comfortable. Yeah. And we've driven that car all over the world. Um, we drove it a lot in the United States, Argentina. We've driven the car in almost every Louis Vuitton rally uh, in Europe. We shipped the car to China for the Louis Vuitton rally in uh, Sichuan, which never happened because of the big earthquake. Mm. I shipped 36 cars to that event, and we turned the containers around and brought them back again without even opening them because oh. of the earthquake canceled the event. Horrible, yeah. The Jaguar is a fabulous car to drive. It's a lot of fun. It's nimble. Uh, we fit well. There's not a lot of luggage space, but it's a great tour car, and we're looking forward to driving it for six days in Yorkshire uh, this coming September. Nice. So end, end of August, beginning of September. We're going right after Concord, and we're doing two back-to-back -back Yorkshire tours in it. How fun. Oh, my gosh. You guys know to have a good time. Now, I'm going to crawl into your skull a little bit here, Martin. Be a little bit of a psychiatrist. Good luck. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Challenge on. Uh, Challenge on, mate. If you were manifest as a vehicle, this is what you want to be. This is your personality, the man in the mirror, manifest as a vehicle, all your quirks and idiosyncrasies. What would Martin Button be, but more importantly, why? Boy, that's a tough one. <laughs> um, uh, well, I'd like to think that I was a super fast Ferrari, but I'm not. <laughs> uh, I'm probably, uh, I, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm a pretty straightforward and easy to understand guy, I think. My wife might disagree. But <laughs> having said that, I, I would go for something quite early because early cars are very easy to understand because they're simple. You know, I'm on London to Brighton. Most things you you need to fix, you can fix it with a roll of baling wire or some duct tape. And I've used baling wire and duct tape many times between London and Brighton. <laughs> Fasten on a fender that shook loose or something like yeah, that. You know? yeah. you, there's a lot you can do. Fixing a water pipe with that, that's leaking your coolant, you know. You yes. can wrap it up in all of the all the duct tape you've got and then wrap the wire around it and you're going to get there. Yep. And, I, and I find that that's something that's really missing in more modern contemporary cars. Oh, gosh, yeah. They just don't have the character. You know, I, I like to open the bonnet, even on rental cars, and see what's underneath there. And these days, you open the bonnet, and nothing's moving. You can't see anything. It's, you, can't see, you can't tell if it's a V6, a V8, or a whatever. So I like the early stuff that is mechanically 
mechanically easy to understand and easy to maintain because I think I'm a pretty easy to maintain kind of guy. So I would have to go with my Lenawee, okay. 1904 Lenawee that uh, that we drove from London to Brighton. 10 times successfully and twice not quiet. <laughs> I like it. That was a great answer. And is there a book that perhaps you've read that you think our listeners would really enjoy uh, reading? Could be a car book, a business book, could be any kind of book. You know, I'll be quite honest. I don't really read books very much. I read auction catalogs and car magazines <laughs> yeah, me religiously. Too. Me too. <laughs> religiously. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I most of what I've learned about cars that I've had no practical experience with, I've learned from auction catalogs yes. and car magazines, and uh, partic- particularly the auction catalogs, because they go into some great depth. Um, my, my sister is a car girl, and she writes a lot of the descriptions for several of the auction companies. Oh, okay. So... Uh, she's frequently calling me up and saying, so what, do you, what, is, what does this mean or what's that about or something? So, you know, I, I really do enjoy that. I don't sit, I don't have the attention span to sit and read a long book. I'm a slow reader too, by the way. I mean, talk about slow. Kindergarten kids read faster than I do. <laughs> well, I, 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 I read menus from end to end. We sit in the restaurant, Sandra glances at it and puts it down uh, and, and she knows what she's having. And I'm, she goes, what are you going to have? I go, I'm still on the starters. I'm yeah. still on the appetizers. <laughs> yeah. and, and I actually imagine what it's going to taste like in my mouth when I'm reading it to, to decide if I want to eat it. You know, I'm so slow like that. That's kind of cool. Well, that's okay. I'll For you, I'll put down auction catalogs. You can do that. Yeah. I've had people answer with uh, comic books and Hot Rod magazines. And so well, I think you're the first auction catalogs guy. So that's okay. I'm an auction catalog guy. I love them. I read them all the time. That's Okay. Now, I have a magic scepter, which enables me to allow you to go on the ultimate drive. Now, for a guy who's been on many ultimate drives, this may be interesting, may be difficult. I don't know. But here's the deal. You can pick any car in the world. You can pick any person to go with, living or deceased. And what I'm going to do here so we don't get you in trouble, I'm going to remove Sandra from the choice, okay? Obviously, you would choose Sandra, but let's take her out of the equation since I'm manning the ship here. You got to pick somebody else to go on this ultimate drive with, living or deceased. What would you be driving in and where would you be going? Whoa, um, okay. Well, we've, we've done lots of tours in lots of different cars. We've done several vintage Bentley tours uh, in our six and a half and we've done Duesenberg tours. We've done tours for Ferraris. We've been very fortunate to drive a lot of great cars. I think if I was going to choose a car to drive on an event, uh, it would probably be a Ferrari GT or a Maserati GT Grand Touring car um, that's big enough and comfortable enough. I've driven GTOs, 250 GTOs. They're probably one of the most uncomfortable cars to drive in the world. Uh, <laughs> you can hardly get into them for one thing. I don't know how these guys do it, but they're all about five foot three. Or well, something. they were made for Italian drivers, not tall British drivers, go. right? There you go. I mean, Sterling Moss fitted perfectly. Yes. But... I would say that if I had to choose to do it with anybody, living or dead, I would probably choose Sterling. Okay. He was a very close friend to Sandra and I. Uh, We got to know him extremely well. We took Sterling and Susie to Argentina with us to do the Argentinian Melee. We were with them on several of the Louis Vuitton tours. uh, And I I think that I'd like to have a chance to sit with Sterling and ask him some of the questions that in all the years I knew him, I mean, I've known him for 20 years since Sandra and I have been together uh, and we've been close friends. We stay at their house in London sometimes and all the questions I never asked him. Mm. And, and I think it would be great to be able to sit in a Ferrari with him, hopefully with him driving, comfortable, but able to talk, not too loud, don't need headsets yeah. and ask him some of those questions that, that I never asked him. I remember having dinner with Sandra 
and Phil and Alma Hill once in Los Angeles. And I asked Phil, how in the world do you keep a 250 Ferrari motor going for 24 hours? How in the world can you make it last that long? Mm -hmm. And he said to me, you don't, he said, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Mm. And he said, you drive the car gently and carefully. And he said, I never, ever redlined an engine when I was racing in an endurance race like that. Sure. He said, I would always change gear a thousand or more RPM before I got to the red line because he said, the guys who redline the cars on every gear change, uh, especially on those older cars, right? I mean, it's not, it's different today, but uh, he said that they don't finish they because don't the, finish. Car, the engines yeah. just can't handle it. So there's a lot of things I'd like to ask Sterling. Where would we be driving is a very good question. I don't know. I, I've driven in so many great places. Um, is there a con- I, I would yeah, say a country you haven't been to a place. I've never driven in, um, I've never driven in Turkey. That would be interesting. Yeah, uh, we, we're we're planning to go to Turkey after after we drive in the UK for a few days. So that would be interesting. I've driven in almost everywhere in Europe. Um, I've never driven in Norway, and I think that would be interesting. Oh yeah, beautiful country. Yeah, I'd love to do a tour in Norway, but yeah, somewhere that I haven't been. But I don't want I don't want to go anywhere that's pretty extreme. I have no interest in doing Peking to Paris. Sitting in an old car for six weeks would not be my idea of fun. <laughs> Yeah. Believe me, I, I, a rally that lasts for four or five days is, is plenty, and it's as much about as my back can handle. So I, I, I like four-day, five-day rallies, and uh, I like them to be civilized, and I like them to be nice hotels where you can really relax. And, uh, and read the know, menu. Yeah, read the menu and take time <laughs> to do it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that would be, did I answer all of your questions today? It would be Sterling with him driving in a Ferrari GT or a Maserati GT, something comfortable. I think that sounds absolutely magical. You've taken us on a wonderful drive today, Martin, and I want to thank you for spending some time with us. Before I let you go, would you share maybe one last little parting piece of wisdom, thought, success quote, or advice when it comes to perhaps old cars? When it comes to old cars, I think it's very important that you only buy what you really like. Had lots of cars over the years. I had a Riley Brooklands, and I really liked it, but I couldn't sit in it because there wasn't enough room. You know, you move the seat, you move the pedals, you move everything, but in the end, you just don't fit. So I, I think it's really important to buy what you love. Then you're halfway home already. Uh, I, I heard Al, Al McEwen on his car talk with you uh, saying that, you know, you need to fly and see the car before you buy it. And I think that's really important. You've got to feel comfortable in it. You go sit in it. You got to feel like you're at home. You got to fall in love with it. And as long as you love your car, then you're going to have a great time with it. We, we have a, a Studebaker Avanti, a supercharged car. Most people think they're kind of ugly. I think they're really pretty and a great design. We took that car to Japan to the Rally Nippon, and out of nine, 99 or 100 cars, we were the only American car in the field. Nice. And we would stop at restaurants and hotels, and I would parked the car outside and there was three or four guys with very serious Ferraris. I mean, serious Ferraris. And they would be parked there too. The crowd was around the Avanti, <laughs> not the Ferraris, because they'd never seen one before. Right. Yeah. You know? And with that supercharger on that 289, it really goes when you when you step on it. So that's, that. I think it's, if, you, if you really like, by the way, Sandra bought that car when I wasn't even there. So uh, she's <laughs> well involved in, she liked it, she wanted it, she bought it. Yeah, there you go. How do people, the listeners today, learn more about your business? Uh, www.cosdell.com for the shipping. We're happy to help anybody. Imports, exports. doesn't always have to be something special. Traditionally, have shipped more interesting and expensive cars. However, during the lockdown and 
the, bed, the days of the bedroom broker, as, as we call it, mm-hmm. uh, we got a tremendous amount of regular cars, too, to ship. Porsche 911s and Alpha Julietas, Julietta Spiders. We have a Julietta Spider. I love it. So... Uh, we will ship anything, and you can find us at www.cosdale.com. And, of course, everybody knows that they can find the Pebble Beach Conco at uh, pebblebeachconcos.net. Absolutely. Cosdale is C-O-S-D-E-L. So check it out if you have a car to ship or take That's or pick correct. up or whatever it might be. Hey, Martin, uh, thanks for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for uh, being a guest on the show today. Until you and I talk again, we'll see you on the lawn at the Pebble Beach Concours. I look forward to it. I very much look forward to seeing you on the 15th of August. Take care, Mark, and thank you again. You as well. Thank you. I've discovered Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual, informed, reasoned opinion based on first-hand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions, ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARS YEAH when you subscribe and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at CARS YEAH. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up. A fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!